Welcome to Remember When. I'm your host, Ed Higgins. UMGA-TV is continuing this series as an oral history project of life and community in Upper Marion Township. In their own words, we want the people who lived and made the history of the township to tell us about that history. This edition features Mary Washington. Mary recalls fond memories of teaching, her involvement with the creation of the Friends of Black History, and how she became a real estate agent. Let's sit back and listen to Mary Washington, Remember When. Mary, how did you and your husband decide to move to Upper Marion 36 years ago? Well, we were uh, living in a row home in uh, Philadelphia and we decided to buy a house at the shore. And so um, it was a single house. And you know, after a few years of spending the summers there, my husband decided that he wanted you know, something similar for a full-time living. And so we started shopping, but it wasn't very easy that time for African-Americans to find you know, something uh, in any neighborhood. Uh, so we went to an attorney, uh, not because we were African-Americans, but to get some insight onto selling our house before we went to a realtor and, you know, starting to uh, look for, uh, to purchase another home. And when we um, went to the attorney, he asked us where we were going to look, and we said, well, we were, you know, looking in different parts of Philadelphia where there were single homes. And he decided that we should, you know, go to, um, I'm trying to remember the, 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 the name of the, uh, the realtor. It was in Ardmore, but it was a very pers uh, a special person, uh, a Quaker, who had decided to start a realtor to help minorities find homes. And uh, Margaret Collins, there was a big article uh, in the inquiry about her. And so we, we did go to her and she started us you know, on the way. And I, I can remember riding on the expressway, my husband was driving and he was saying the whole way out here, um, I'm, we were gonna meet a realtor in King of Prussia and that wasn't our first stop. We'd been looking in Delaware County and, and other places. And when we uh, got, you know, close to the uh, uh, King of Prussia exit, and my husband said, why are we doing this? We, we, we don't want to drive this far. And so we, you know, we looked around, looked around you know, two or three times. <laughs> and we, we chose the particular house that we're living in now, uh, not because it was in King of Prussia, but because it was a single home, and uh, it, you know, we were much younger then. <laughs> um, but but it was contemporary. You know, we liked the lines and the beams, uh, ceilings inside, and and uh, there was one one part of of the uh, the structure that. 
I was surprised afterward that we bought it because when we've been looking at other places, we looked at homes where the kitchen was in the front. <laughs> and we and that's what we bought. And but we didn't we didn't like the kitchen in the front. But when I'd been there a while, all of a sudden I said, the kitchen's in the front of this house, and we bought it. <laughs> we didn't like the other ones because it had the kitchen in the front. <laughs> but uh, there was something special about the, the neighborhood. And even though um, at that time uh, people were not very uh, happy when African Americans moved in. In fact, my neighbor on the other side, on one side, uh, put her house up for sale the very next week and also offered to sell me her some of her furniture, <laughs> which which I didn't need, of course, so I didn't buy. But um, that that was really how we got out to King of Prussia. Um, I had a 13-year-old daughter then and really hated her to change her in school, but uh, she adjusted very nicely. Uh, she went to the middle school and then, um, then to the high school and graduated. Um, I had also a five-month-old son when uh, I moved out here. You know, she was 13, he was five months, and then had another son, uh, oh, I guess about 21 months later. <laughs> and uh, so they all grew up in Upper Marion, and um, they had a wonderful childhood uh, here. Um, um, you know, I met David Broder almost immediately because they had, and he still does, uh, well, you know, Park and Rec Department. You have just wonderful, wonderful um, activities for children all summer. I, I'll never forget that um, I was so surprised that they could take archery lessons and tennis lessons for free. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. You were still working in Philadelphia when you moved here. Yes, yes. Uh, luckily, um, in bad weather, my, we were able to ride together, and my husband would uh, drop me off on the way to work, on you know, way to his job. So it worked out very well. And uh, I did uh, stop working for a few years when um, my son started um, uh, kindergarten. I wanted to be home, and the uh, younger one was in nursery school. So I think I was home for about four years with them. But most of the time you were teaching. In teaching in Philadelphia. A science teacher. Well, uh, not the whole time. I actually started out as a first grade teacher. Oh, I, tell I, me about your teaching career. Well, <laughs> I, I started teaching, um, well, I, I started teaching in West Philadelphia. And oh, the schools were very crowded then in 1961. And the, the first class I had was not in the building that I was assigned to because it was so crowded. I had to get on a bus and ride with them to a school that had extra room. And not only that, I had uh, 15 minutes for lunch because <laughs> there wasn't enough time for them to have lunch and me to have lunch. But it, it, it worked out fine, but I'll never forget, there were 48 children in the class. Oh my. 48 children in the class. Then I would get on the bus and ride back to their home school, you know, in their neighborhood. So 
that that was kind of unusual. Um, then after um, I oh okay I I became pregnant and then you know before the child was born I left that school. Then I went to another that was Bryant in West Philadelphia. Then I went to another school, Hannah. I think I taught second grade. And I got pregnant again. <laughs> and after I got, uh, and then after that baby was born, um, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't work for a while. And then I went back to work uh, at a school that my husband left. Uh, he was uh, working there as an administrative assistant, I think, and then he became a principal. And she said, you should go to, you know, the school that I left because that's a nice school. So then I went there and I taught fourth grade. <laughs> and anyway, uh, I, I taught fourth grade there. And then not only was it fourth grade, but it was um, not in, it was informal education. I can't remember the specific name it was called. It was so long ago, but it was designed so it was like an open classroom and there were different uh, classes in this huge space and just like um, uh, a half wall set up so that you couldn't see everybody. It must but, have been interesting. But you can hear. It was. It was. Well, after that, I think that's when I went home for a few years again and then see, I was in and out. And then... When I went back, it was in the middle 70s, and people really were not having as, as many children as you know they had in the past, so there weren't many teaching opportunities. So this is very interesting. So uh, every Monday, I would go to North Philadelphia and teach black history one day a week at the Dick School on Diamond Street. And it was very interesting because it gave me an opportunity to find out more about my history while I was learning to teach them about sure. African-American history. Okay, that was Mondays. And I think Tuesdays, Tuesdays and, and Wednesdays, I would go to Cookwissahickon um, in um, uh, Roxborough and teach mentally gifted. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, and that was interesting because um, each um, person had, uh, each student had their own uh, separate program based on uh, their interest. And I remember one day, um, one of the girls was making, um, I can't remember whether it was soup or a casserole, and the kitchen was in the basement. And this was part, it was something French, because she had a French theme to her project. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the teacher started calling down, what's going on? What's going on? We smell all this, you know, come the fumes from the, the good food, you know, going wow. through, the hall, through the hallways and into the rooms. And so, um, so that, that was interesting. But that wasn't all. Then the other days, I went to Levering School, uh, 
you wanted to know about my career. So oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> and, um, and, and towards science. And that's, that was my first stab at teaching um, science to more than one class. I taught kindergarten through grade eight. And the classes each only saw me one day a week. And then the uh, classroom teacher was supposed to follow through with, um, you know, what I started. And uh, that was very interesting. And I really, really had never taught science except, you know, the little part of the curriculum uh, that I had when I taught, you know, first grade and second grade. So that worked out very fine and, and gave me uh, more information and background. Um, then the next time I changed, <laughs> I had these, there are a lot of changes, but it was good because it gave me variety and sure. um, I went to uh, back to Levin as um, a seventh grade teacher specifically for science. And I taught all the science classes. It was a K through eight school, so it was, um, oh, okay, it was programmed almost like the seventh and eighth graders were separate and right. like a middle school. And that's when I fell in love with teaching science and even went back to school and took classes. Um, at that time, I was at Temple and the, um, the professor uh, in one of the classes encouraged the teachers who were in the class to organize um, a Science Teachers Association. And I, I eventually became president, <laughs> president of that. And um, I, it, everything was just, just, just working very well. I was so excited. You know, I continued to take classes and to learn more and became involved with other activities. When the National Science Teachers Association was here in um, oh, 1990, um, I was asked to be um, chairman of the hospitality committee. I think that time they had around 15 to 20,000 people. Yeah, so that was interesting. In fact, your, your career teaching science was quite distinguished. Well, if you'd like to use that word, you may. But um, it was enjoyable. In fact, your, your career teaching science was quite distinguished. Well, if you'd like to use that word, you may. But um, it was enjoyable. I, I loved the kids. And um, I, I believed in hands-on. So, you know, I you know, put away the textbooks. They were only for references. And I tried to make it fun. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was much easier teaching one grade than several grades because I had all that extra planning to do. And there's one thing that was very, very interesting that at the time when I was teaching K through eight, I had no classroom. No, no. So I, bought, I had to go to each classroom okay. and that gave the teacher what they call preparation time, that 45 minutes. So what I did, I purchased a shopping bag and I put um, the items that I was going to use uh, 
into uh, the bag, you know, f for the children, and it had wheels on it, and I would, you know, pull it through through the uh, <laughs> pull it through the hallways. Well, when it was time for me to take a break, I, I there was no room for me to go to, to sit, so I had to take my bag into the ladies' room. <laughs> so. Have I had a teaching career? I guess so. Yeah, yes, yes. Was it difficult for you to stop teaching and retire? I didn't think it was going to be. Um, my husband retired in 1990, and um, the state had an incentive to encourage the teachers who were at the top salary you know, to get out so that they could put people in making less money. And so I retired in 93, three years after he did. And it, 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 it wasn't, um, the, for two years, uh, uh, it was okay because my husband and we traveled and, you know, we were able to do things together. And then he died in 1995. And then it was difficult. And I wish that I had gotten a job because I became very, very bored. And, you know, I was, I was tired of traveling. I was tired of going out to lunch and, and all those, you know, enjoyable things that can be get, become monotonous. But you've become one of Upper Marion's best known volunteers. Yes. Yes, and 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 that was because I I had to keep busy, but uh, it is not the same as working, and I and I wish I had gotten a job, and I would advise anybody if they retire early. But for the last number of years that I know of, you yes. have been uh, one of the leaders of a group called the Friends of Black History. Oh, yes, yes. And you've put That's an important. enormous amount of time in yes, that. Yes. Can you can you tell us about that? Yes. Well, um, this uh, I lose track of uh, how many years it's been now. You may know better than I do. <laughs> um, uh, seven years. Yes. Seven years. Yes. Um, my my husband had a very strong interest in uh, African American history, and uh, I, I think he said he he started reading um, and researching when he was in high school, and uh, had uh, obtained a, a large number of uh, books, um, and you know just had a, a deep interest. And uh, after he died, one day I started thinking, you know, oh, I, excuse me for backing up. Um, before he died, he developed workshops. And um, we even went over to uh, um, the middle school and uh, did some workshops. And what I did, I would pick out something that he had compiled with the uh, African-American history and I would um, connect it with science experiments, that particular oh. area. Mm -hmm. And so we did that. And um, but then I said, we didn't do an, an awful lot because, you know, he wasn't well. So um, all of his um, materials 
you know, were neatly filed and everything. You know, he was a little different then <laughs> than I am. And um, so one day uh, I was talking with Patricia Acker and I said, you know, I'd like to, uh, you know, do something, you know, about black history. Sometimes it's African-American black, you know, it's equal. And um, I said, um, you know, you know, I can't remember the specific words I used, but it was probably something like, you know, would you like to work with me? And uh, she said, yes. And then um, uh, for some reason we felt we needed another person. So then that's how, you know, Winona Brown came in. And so it's, it's, it's worked out uh, pretty well. We meet monthly. Um, we meet um, uh, the three of us as a group to plan. Uh, and then we meet with uh, our sponsor, um, uh, Carl Helliker, who's director of the library. And um, we um, uh, review what, you know, what we have uh, discussed in our meeting and then we formulate some kind of uh, a plan for our, uh, you know, our, our next exhibit, which, which our first planning session for 2006 will be on the 31st of this month. Mm -hmm. And we uh, will choose a theme and uh, we'll plan activities around that theme We'll invite uh, participants, and uh, 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 one participant, or perhaps two, that we have to have each year, the cooking. Oh, the we, cooking is yes, wonderful. We usually have um, uh, an African cook from, uh, uh, so far we've, we've had um, uh, the same person, uh, Mona Stevens, who lives in the township with... Um, uh, her um, Liberian cooking. And then we have a uh, uh, traditional uh, black cook who cooks, um, I guess they, some people call it soul food style. They cook vegetables a certain way and meat a certain way. And uh, people really look forward to that. We use, you know, the two um, meeting rooms uh, right uh, in the township building. One cooks on one side and one's on the other side. But there's also music. Oh yes, and yes, art. Yes, yes. And history. Yes, we've also had uh, 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 dancers. And yes. dancers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, there's uh, on the particular day of our exhibit, we also have a storyteller for the children, and that usually starts out in the morning at ten o'clock. Um, uh, we uh, share some of uh, our um, African-American um, artifacts in the showcases in the hallway. Um, it's a hallway, the atrium, lobby. That's right, atrium. <laughs> and uh, also the showcases as you enter the library on the left. And um, I remember the first year, uh, Patricia Aka's uh, husband is from Ghana. And uh, so she brought a lot of African um, uh, artifacts and displayed them in, in uh, that showcase. And people were just wild, uh, you know, about it. In fact, the uh, celebration is quite a success. There's yes, yes. 
And Some 300 people attend every year. Well, that, that's, that's uh, what I understand. We've never actually counted, and we tried, you know, to get people to sign in, but they're anxious to get in and see what's going on and have a bite to eat. Uh, Dane Tillman, the uh, uh, black artist, uh, has been here every year, except um, he wasn't able to come uh, this year. But um, he usually takes up a big part of the atrium with his beautiful paintings. And uh, I purchased one, not here, but years ago at a, um, oh, I guess it was at an art gallery, someone who was, a friend of mine was having a reception and it's hanging in my living room. It's called The Baptism. That's wonderful, mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. He is a wonderful artist. Yes, he is, yes. Artist. I wanted to also have you talk a little bit about your support of the Rambler. Now, I know that you did this, but you took the Rambler from your house <laughs> and went all the way to New York City and came all the way back. There were uh, three of us, Patricia Acker and uh, my friend Jane Bailey. And we wanted to go to the Brooklyn Museum. I probably will not remember the name of the, uh, the, uh, the <laughs> exhibit now. But uh, that's not important because what you asked me was, how did I take the Rambler <laughs> and get to uh, Brooklyn? Um, we um, got the Rambler and uh, went to uh, the uh, mall and we got the, uh, either the 124 or the 125 that goes on the expressway. We got off at 30th Street Station. Uh, then we, uh, got on the uh, New Jersey Transit at 30th Street Station, and we got off at, no, we went, did we go all the way to New York? No, usually, usually I get off at Trenton when I'm going to my son's. Anyway, it's been a long time, but we, we got to New Jersey uh, Transit, and yeah, I, think, I think we took that one straight straight to New York. And then when we got to New York, we got the subway to Brooklyn. It was very easy. And uh, as seniors, um, you know, we didn't have to pay very much. So that worked out very well. But I, I, tra I traveled the New Jersey Transit that way uh, often. Mm -hmm. But you're also a traveler on the Rambler, aren't you not? Well, I, I, don't, I don't use it as often as I did before, but... I, I am going to start back because um, it, the streets are so congested and it's much easier. And I'm very fortunate that uh, the Rambler passes right in front of my house. All I have to do is stand out there and wave and they stop. And the drivers are so pleasant. And, they, you know, you get to know them by name. I remember the very first one, David. I was born and reared in Fort Benning, Georgia on an army base. Mm -hmm. I'm an army brat. <laughs> My father was a career serviceman. He was in the service 35 years, mm -hmm. three wars, mm -hmm. Mex oh Mexican goodness. conflict, um, um, uh, World War One, and, and World War Two. He was 60 when he went to South Pacific in, um, oh, 
what, uh, in, well, in uh, 1940, he went, he went in 1942, so the war broke out in 41. And so we had to leave the base. That's where I was born and reared. And, and uh, my, my mother never lived in any place else. When she went to Fort Benning, she said that they were just starting the base. And you know, it was all mud. And they had to live in tents with wooden floors until they built the camp. Mm -hmm. My. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting. How long did you live in Fort Benning? Until I was, uh, oh gosh. <laughs> But I tell you, then you count back and see how old I am. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I can't be so young. Um, I left there um, when I was 10. Mm -hmm. I think I was going to be 11 in a few months. Uh, we, had, we had to leave when, um, when he left for um, the South Pacific. And I remember going to the train. It was at night. Either it was at you know, night or real wee hours of the morning, it was dark to see him off on the train. And he, I had a heart attack when he was over there. And he came back and he was in the hospital for like six months. Mm -hmm. uh, but he survived. He lived to be 84. And he came back and he was in the hospital for like six months. Mm -hmm. uh, but he survived. He lived to be 84. Isn't that mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm -hmm. Where did the family move then? Oh, um, oh, when we had to, when we left the base, then my the last place my mother lived, they were both reared in Virginia. And when she was seventeen, uh, she came to Philadelphia, like a lot of you know blacks did, to find work. And when she left Philadelphia and went to Fort, well, she stayed. She took, she, her friend said, you're going down there to marry him and you're not married, you know, you, and, you know, that was awful, you know, back then. So, but she said, she said she spent a night with some friends of his uh, that night when she got there and they got married the next day. <laughs> so what do you think after all these years in Upper Marion Township and you think back to, um, your mother having to live in a tent with a wooden floor as they built the army base. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a long time mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. to think over that history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was, I, I remember a lot about it. Of course, um, that was segregated army then. So uh, The army didn't integrate until that's, 1948. That's right. So um, uh, we had... Uh, uh, separate developments. Um, we had a single house. I don't know if I said that. I remember we had a, a front porch, greened in front porch that went, you know, all the way around the side. And I can remember we had a table on the side part of the porch. And whenever my mother went shopping, she always bring us those little animal crackers. And I can remember one sister, um, the uh, one who was three years older than I am, um, we would be eating the cookies and dancing. <laughs> I don't know why we were dancing. I never forgot that. And it, wasn't that interesting? That's a wonderful memory. <laughs> a wonderful memory. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. But um, but every everything was separate. But we had everything. Um, um, 
we we had separate uh, swimming pools, separate tennis courts, um, whatever you know, whatever was there was separate. So, um, but but we were not denied anything. But I re I also re this this is very interesting. We were so conditioned to army life that when uh, they started drafting, we were still there. And boy, we, we, cause we, you know, we had the run of the base and, you know, all around the barracks and especially holiday times, we'd go in and get desserts <laughs> in the mess hall. And, and yeah, I guess, you know, the regular soldiers, they knew us, but um, it, it was, it was just, uh, just so different when they started drafting, watching the um, the new draftees, the way we walk, and we would walk around and laugh at them. <laughs> we knew that they were new. It was, and you didn't know how to march or anything. Yeah, like that. yeah. Well, no, they didn't even know how to walk. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you know some were still swaying, like you know oh. they were. You know, back home. So the family moved back so, to Philadelphia. So, so yes, we. That's the last place um, uh, she had lived before. You know, she went there, and I. I like to say this part, and we stayed with a friend of hers, who happened to be Marin Anderson's aunt. <laughs> oh my goodness! She. Well, I never got a chance to meet Marin Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> but I said, it's interesting to say that. I Marin Anderson. Of course. But my mother had met uh, Marin Anderson when she lived in Philadelphia. And uh, uh, when we, uh, we, we, we stayed with her for a while until, now there were three of us, because I had two sisters. Uh, my mother felt that she stayed in there long enough. We, we were waiting for our furniture to come up. And so we got a furnished apartment for a little while. And then when the furniture came, um, we moved into an apartment, a, th a third floor apartment in South Philadelphia on Ellsworth Street. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, we stayed there until my father came back. And then we bought a house. Listen to me, we, I didn't have any money. <laughs> Uh, in West Philadelphia. In the last 36 years here in Upper Marion, you must have many memories of, uh, of other people who have been your neighbors and friends here. Who are, can you tell me about some of those memories? Uh, in Upper Marion? Yeah. Well, m most, most of them are still here. <laughs> Good. Uh, a really uh, a special na neighbor is, and you may recognize some of the names, Selma Smith. Mm -hmm. And uh, she lives on the street in back of me. And uh, she's um, really, really been a supportive neighbor. You know, if I uh, need a ride, my car's in the shop or something like that. Or if I go on one of my train trips and can't get back to get the Rambler to get over to uh, my house, then, you know, she'll come and get me. Um, Mona Stevens, who was one of uh, our cooks. Um, I, I think we moved around the same time here. Oh. And uh, we've been, you know, really, really good friends. Uh, my two neighbors across the street, um, Ellie and Jenny, 
uh, can't remember how long they've, they've been there, but um, it's very comforting to know that there is somebody there who uh, you can call on, you know, if you need something. Speaking of your children, tell me about them, where they are, what they're doing. Okay. Uh, my oldest uh, graduated from Upper Marion High, and uh, she's a social worker. Um, my uh, next son, um, Norman Jr., uh, lives, and my daughter lives in Delaware County out near Granite Mall. My son, Norman, um, did not go to uh, Upper Marion High. He graduated from Penn Charter. And he lives in um, Hillsboro, New Jersey. And he says like 20 minutes from uh, at Princeton. Okay. And um, oh, I have to backtrack. My daughter has two children. Oh. An eighteen-year-old daughter, uh, Angelique, and uh, twenty-two. Is he twenty-two? Twenty-two-year-old son, um, Andre, and they're both in college. Very mm -hmm. good. Very good. Mm -hmm. And uh, see, I'm a young grandmother. That's right. You are. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, um, the, uh, my next son, Norman, is the one that lives in uh, Hillsboro. And he, um, oh, he's, he's a manager of uh, a marketing company. Okay. okay. Um, and and he, he has um, two children. He has uh, a seven-year-old daughter, Dominique, and uh, four-year-old son, Norman III. <laughs> I held my breath. I didn't know if they were going to do that. Um, and I, I just hoped that they would. <laughs> they did. Norman so, III. Norman III. All right. So hopefully, uh, I don't know if I'll be around for Norman IV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the last one, remember I only had three, uh, is Rodney. Uh, Rodney um, uh, lives in Lancaster County where he's been working for, oh, I forgot how long now. I know it's more than 15 years. Uh, he um, didn't always live in Lancaster County. He commuted, you know, for years. I think he's been out there about four years. Um, oh, he's a um, Pennsylvania State Trooper. And... Uh, Right now, he's, um, for the past, I think, four years, maybe five, uh, he's working as a forensic investigator. And I, I told a friend the other day, I wasn't surprised that he went into that because when he was a kid and he would see anything dead, animal on the street, he would turn his, you know, neck and head and try to see whatever it was until he couldn't see anymore. Maybe he got the interest in science from his mother. Uh, I, I, I don't, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Probably more from his father because his father was also interested in science even, well, you know, he, he taught it within when he was teaching before he became an administrator. Um, but um, my husband worked with them a lot with uh, activities in the science uh, portion. So at that, at the, oh, I'm, I'm going to attribute it to my husband. 
<laughs> is Rodney married? Oh, yes. I didn't say that. Okay. Rodney's married, and he has uh, a daughter, uh, Alexandra, who will be coming to my house Saturday. <gasps> yes. No, no. He's going to bring her Friday because okay. he, has to work, he has to work Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And? And so she'll be spending the, the Easter vac uh, well, weekend with me. Mm -hmm. You have activities planned? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, I think we're going to drive up to um, uh, on Easter to um, have dinner with uh, my son in New Jersey. And uh, we're going to, um, um, oh, I made a list of, list of things. I can't, can't remember all of them now. But uh, usually um, we do a lot of uh, game activities, you know, when she's there. She loves checkers. <laughs> <laughs> Does she cheat? Well, you know, what I, I was thinking, you know, should I say this? One day, she did look like she was trying to do something like that, and I had to caution her. I said, who's been showing you this? <laughs> she never did say. <laughs> I guess all kids do it. And puzzles. Oh, my, oh gosh, as a, as a little thing, she put puzzles together so fast. You also became somewhat of an expert in parliamentary no. procedure. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I, for years, uh, I've worked with organizations, probably less now than, than I ever have. And I was always um, fascinated with decorum and making sure that, you know, things went well and uh, uh, followed a certain format. So I joined uh, a group in Philadelphia uh, because there were none here uh, associated with the National Association of Parliamentarians where we met uh, once a month to study together. And uh, we would make presentations and, and go over certain situations that might occur in an organization. Um, it, it, it went, went very, very well. The only thing, it's, it's, I, they started having it in the evenings, and it was difficult for me to drive, so I stopped. But I still sus subscribe to the, um, the uh, uh, I, I, I maintained my membership in the organization and was able to get you know, the uh, magazines that came out, their publications each month and was able to continue to study. And I, I cringe when I sit in meetings. <laughs> and and, and uh, keep, it's so hard to keep my mouth closed, but I do. Because the procedures are not the way they should be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you had an opportunity to use those skills? Oh, yes, 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 yes. But uh, only, if, only if I'm asked, if, if I'm in a situation, uh, in, in, a, in a setting where I feel comfortable about sharing, I will. But, but not if uh, I'm sure that the majority of the people where I am would not be familiar with some of the uh, strict rules. I just re re remain silent. The uh, person that Margaret Collins, a realtor, that sold me my house, um, 
I don't know, gave me an incentive to uh, try real estate. Um, there was an African-American uh, realtor on the main line, Wilbur Whitney. And um, I went to him to ask him if he could give me some insight onto, um, you know, becoming a, a, a real estate saleswoman. And um, he did. He gave me lots of materials. And, uh, you know, I go home and study and go back in uh, and, and discuss some of the items with him. And uh, finally, I was able to take the test. I had to go to Harrisburg. Uh, oh, it was probably in the 70s. I know we had a terrible storm at that time. And I thought I wasn't going to be able to make it, but I did. Um, it 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 um, it wasn't um, very very easy at that time for uh, I did say Mr. Whitney was uh, black for to get real estate listings because Gosh. they didn't want you know to share it with him and he was the only you know black realtor on the main line. But there were some kind people who got the listings. I don't know how many, because I never knew exactly who gave it to him. I never actually saw it. But he was able to get listings so that he would know. And by law, the state of Pennsylvania, any realtor can show any house in the state of Pennsylvania. And so that's, you know, what he did, and that's what I was able to do. I, I didn't. I didn't do it for an awful long period of time, um, but I, I was able, you know, to sell, and that made me feel good. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it, it was interesting meeting people. I don't know if I would like to do it now, uh -huh. you know, to put strangers in my car, you know, and drive them around. Yeah, I. Uh, but but that's what I did, and didn't even think anything. But times were different or not as many bad things happened back then. But it, it, was, it was interesting. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that I, I had an opportunity to uh, do something of, of that nature. I've uh, written bylaws for different organizations, specifically uh, when the Senior Center um, opened. I was uh, on the planning committee when they opened it and um, uh, was instrumental in getting the uh, bylaws written. And uh, I guess, you know, that uh, worked out very well. Uh, I, I can't remember specific names, but I think um, I met with a couple of people when they were being written. One of the reasons I became involved with um, uh, the Penn State Master Gardening Program when I was teaching I wrote a proposal and got enough funding, $3,000, to uh, put in a garden in, at my school. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I had a science club, and some of the other teachers cooperated too. And so, um, also I had a 4-H club when I was at my school. And that, you know, is sponsored by Penn State. So I got to know uh, a lot of the um, 
I don't know if they called them agents, I can't remember now, but the, uh, the uh, people who were working at Penn State in Philadelphia. So when I got the idea that I wanted to take the master gardening class and become certified, instead of going in Montgomery County, I chose Philadelphia because I knew those people there. And so I drove into Philadelphia. I forgot how many weeks I had to go and how many hours I had to sit for classes. They were very, what was disappointing, there was very few hands-on lessons. It was mostly all lecture. Yeah, but, um, I, but I learned a lot, you know, got a lot of materials as references and was able to uh, do more be, because I gained more knowledge. So you've, you're a mother, a teacher, a parliamentarian, a real estate sale, a master gardener. Everything that you do turns out to be at the top <laughs> level. I never thought about it in that way. I just thought about doing and learning. Does that come from your, from your parents? I, I guess probably. Um, <clears throat> Neither one of my parents were able to finish school. I, my father was born in 1882, my mother in 1893. And um, my father sounded like a broken record sometimes. But he would say, you have to get a good education because we were not able to. We had to work in the fields. And he would say that over and over and over. Say, so we reared in rural Virginia. But I believe when my father died, he probably had an education equal to a doctorate because he was always studying and reading. He even bought a set of law books. Is that right? He bought a set of um, uh, 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 what, uh, medical books. He, uh, we, we, he, when we were in Fort Benning as young children, he subscribed to, well, okay, I left there when I was 11, so. My oldest sister was 19, and I guess my other sister was 13, almost 14. But any magazine you can think of, he subscribed to. Saturday Evening Post, was it Liberty, uh, Life, every, every, everything. And, and read them. He didn't just, you know, order them and put them down. Of course, you know, it was also for us to look at. So the house was filled with books mm -hmm. and a thirst for knowledge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and your house and your husband's house, that must have been the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it for this edition of Remember When. Thanks for watching. Until next time, and always remember when. <laughs>